0: Self-control And you can go to the next slide. this is maybe sometimes what we think about self-control. Um, I want to give you an example of, of good self-control. So there's a father that took his kid to the grocery store. As soon as I got in, the kid lost it, and he's you know, having a tantrum, and he's throwing stuff around, and the father's uh, saying, "Just calm. It, it'll be OK. It'll be OK, Donald. We'll, be, we'll get through this, Donald. In just a few more aisles, Donald. And he's just staying calm, and the kid's just having some problems. And and mother nearby is, is really impressed, and she comes up and says, oh, it's this great, this self-control that I see that you have with, with your son here. And then she looks at the kid and says, what seems to be the problem, Donald? And the father says, oh, that's not Donald. I'm Donald. That's Henry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, you can go to the next slide. Uh, so this is our text for today. Uh, like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And superficially you can say, okay, well, city walls are good, so self-control is good. But this is from Proverbs, from Solomon, the super wise guy, and there's a deeper meaning to this. So you can look at the city walls. We, we don't have city walls now, but... There used to be lots of city walls. You can go to the next slide. Uh, So this is in Ethiopia, and it's one of the older places with city walls. You can see the wall all around this big city, and it's clearly delineating the the parts that are safe and the parts that aren't safe. And this was very effective at stopping invading armies. Uh, Go to the next slide. This is a more modern city wall from Malta, and you can see this area here uh, comes out a bit so that if somebody's attacking the wall, the defenders can go out there and attack the people attacking the wall. This is the beginnings of the Star Fort. And then the next slide you can see, when, yeah, this one here you might be able to recognize. This is Jerusalem and here's the city wall. Up until a hundred years or so ago, everybody was in that city wall and Uh, Recently it's expanded past, so these are the famous city walls, you know, that all through history you read, they've been torn down and built up. And here's uh, Lviv, so this is uh, in Ukraine, this is a city wall I went to. You can see there on the right, uh, the city wall protecting the old city and the new city on the left. And so it turns out, most cities up until a few hundred years ago of any size, medium-large cities, had these city walls. And that was so that any nearby invading army couldn't just go in and take what they want. Here's an example from history. Uh, This is a picture of Greece. And up to the right, that circled area is Athens. And they built a wall around their city and then all the way down to their port and they put a wall around their port and they had a great navy. In the Peloponnesian Wars, Sparta tried to attack Athens, and they kept running up against these city walls, and nothing worked, because they could get their supplies through their ports and on into the city. In fact, it wasn't until Sparta built a navy of their own and defeated the Athenian navy that they were finally able to take Athens. And the first things the Spartans did when they took Athens was they tore down the Athenians' walls because that's what was protecting them. So they knew, and then here, you know the story of Jericho, right, here, here they are, there's these huge city walls, they can't get in, they can't attack, and then what happens next, the walls come down, and they're able to go in and take the city, because without the city walls, people could go in. So with that background, let's go back to our verse. So like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. And if we think about that, uh, the city walls protect them from nearby armies, just like self-control protects us from any kind of sin. Like if I don't have self-control, I may say, all right, well, I'm just going to go steal that thing. I don't have self-control. I'm just going to lie to that guy because, well, why not? I don't have any self-control. If I don't have self-control all kinds of things could happen so what do we do to get self-control you can go to the, the next slide okay so here's you know you're open to any passing temptation if you don't have this self-control any just like a city is open to armies so go to the next slide so here's one way to think about it <laughs> you you will yourself to have self-control and this actually Uh, is similar to um, Stoicism. So this came up about 300 years before Christ from Zeno. And at the time of Christ and after that, that was what the educated believed in, that your will should be strong enough to guide you to do the right thing, that you should have the power in yourself to um, think about what you need to do and do that thing and not be distracted. And so they believed very much in self-control through their own willpower. But there's a couple other more modern philosophers that have a different take on this. Um, Philosopher Frog and Philosopher Toad <laughs> that point out some of the issues with trying to rely on your own willpower to stop this. Uh, it sounds good, it's hard to do sometimes. So so what, what do we do? Since we know that it's hard to do it by our own willpower, well, what do we do instead? You can go to the next slide. Well, we know it's a fruit of the Spirit, right? So this is one of the fruits that God gave us. And you read this, it's, it's so nice, right? Fruit of the Spirit, and you enlist them love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. And, this is taken out, you know, it's, it's put on posters everywhere, and, and it's great, you know, these gifts that you get from God, and, you know, as it says, there's no law against these. Everybody desires to have these and to see these in other people. But if we go to the very next verse, it's, it's a little more graphic. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, like, Well, wait a minute, we were just doing all this nice, happy stuff. How did we get to this point? It's the very next verse. Uh, Okay, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So if you want those nice things, these are the steps you need to take. It's crucifying the flesh. Like, wow, okay. Uh, Let's go to the next verse. And this also emphasizes the fact that it's a gift from God, right? And so we often go to the second part. God did not give us uh, timidity, but power, love, and self-discipline. Above that, this is Paul talking to Timothy, saying, you have this. Fan this into flame. That, you know, I prayed for you, you have this gift, but it's on you to fan it into flame. To make this something real. To spend time to actually work at this it's it's a gift but there's a responsibility on your part it's a gift but you have to crucify the flesh it's a gift but you need to fan the flames let's go to the next verse so here also it's it's talking about your responsibilities so i urge you brothers and sisters in view of god's mercy to offer your bodies a living sacrifice holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. So this is your responsibility. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. So the world has some ideas about how things should work and it's your job to not conform to that, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So if your mind is transformed, that's what gives you the power of self-control. It's not rejecting the thing that you see that you want, and I don't have self-control. It's more focusing on God instead, instead of on that thing that you had desired. So it's, then you will be able to test and improve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Okay, you can go to the next slide. And here... Uh, it says, "Okay, for this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and a goodness knowledge and a knowledge self-control. So, you need to know what to do. That's the knowledge, and then the self-control. And then right after that is the perseverance. So, all right, I have self-control for the first five minutes. <laughs> uh, okay, can I hold on for another five minutes? Can I hold?" So it, it says, you know, Peter's got it. He says, okay, you know what to do, then you have the self-control, and then now you need to persevere. And you do all these things, and then you if you don't have them, you're ineffective. So he says, work on these things so that you can be effective for Jesus, Mm -hmm. to have that self-control. All right, you can go to the next slide. So what we've been talking about is a little different from what the world has said self-control works like. Um, So, in 1998, uh, there's this study on ego depletion, and it's it's a really cool premise, actually. So, the idea is you have, let's say, a well. So, here's your well that you draw self-control out of. So, you wake up every morning, and your well is full, okay, and then go to the next slide. All right. You wake up, you draw from the well to not hit the snooze button. All right, good, I got it. And then you go through your day, next slide, and oh, there's donuts, but you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to draw so from the well. I have the self-control, all right, I had my, my self-control. All right, you can go to the next slide. All right, now, now I'm in traffic, I want to get angry, I want to get mad. I'm going to go drink, I have my self-control, all right, next slide. Oh, there's some gossiping at work. All right, no, I'm not going to participate in that. Okay, made it so far. Now I go home. My well's empty. Now what? Uh, so so that, that was the theory. Okay? That, all right, I used up my self-control. I, it, you know, it's not my fault. The well's empty. I used up my self-control. Um, So, if you look at science and and the Bible, eventually you realize, you know, science eventually comes around, right? So, in psychology, um, they do these different studies. So, let's take a common example, you know, in physics or um, in engineering, when somebody has a scientific idea, they do an experiment and they try it and they write up how they did the experiment. And then other people come along, and they try to do the same experiment. And if they do the same experiment, they say, great, the experiment has been replicated. We can now trust it a little more. But in psychology, it's often hard to do that, because the studies can be thousands and thousands of people. And if it sounds cool, people are a little hesitant to want to try and overturn it. So in 98, that study came out. But they were finding more and more that there's a problem with uh, different studies in psychology. And they said, okay, let's try and reproduce these studies. And they couldn't reproduce this one. This actually isn't a thing. You don't have a limit to how much self-control you could have during the day. So if you got to the end of the day and you spent on Amazon, because you already used it. Well, that's not actually a thing, so you can't use that as an excuse. I'm sorry. So, so, so we realized, okay, we need to go back to the Bible. And as I was researching all these different verses, so Pastor Allen gave me the original Proverbs verse, and I was researching all through the Bible, and gathered all the different scriptures. And then I looked at them and about half of these scriptures on self-control came from one particular part of 1 Corinthians. I thought, well, that's interesting. What's up with the Corinthians? (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to the map here. Uh, Okay, so here's Athens uh, that we were talking about. Uh, So there's Corinth and Ephesus. So those, Athens is where they had the walls. Corinth was actually at the time the commercial and cultural center not Athens. Uh, That's where everything happened you see because of their their location. So they had all the stuff from the other part of the world Italy and stuff and then on into the Middle East. It was a big center. You can go to the next slide. Here's some of the things I learned about Corinth right. So big commercial center famous for the trades and temples famous for Aphrodite the goddess of love. Um, And Paul spent some time there and he started a church in this place and then he left. He went to Ephesus And towards the end of that time, he heard about all the stuff that was going on in current Corinth. And he wrote this letter to them to shape up, basically, uh, to say, okay, here's how you should behave in church and towards others. And here's why and how you need self-control. So this is towards the end of chapter nine, beginning of chapter 10. He lays out all these things. So uh, there's four sections there that uh, we're going to quickly go through. So next slide. So this first one, he's explaining that, okay, I'm free. In, In Christ, Christ has given me freedom, but I choose to behave in a certain way. So I choose to the Jews. I became like a Jew to win the Jews. So when he is with the Jewish people, he's free to do whatever, but he has control to say, all right, I'm not going to eat pork. I'm not going to do the other things. Because when I'm sitting with a Jewish person and explaining Jesus to them, I don't want them to be thinking about what's on my plate. And to those not having the law, so he doesn't, when, if there's somebody that's not Jewish and he's explaining Jesus to them, he doesn't want them to be thinking about, why are you doing that weird Jewish thing? Or he says to the weak, to the weak, and so he's explaining why he behaves in a certain way. It's, to reach them through Jesus. So if you go to the next passage. Okay, so this top one is I hear this a lot, right? You run the the race to win the prize and then the very next verse, I hadn't put this in context before, but okay, so you're running the race to win the prize, but, but you go into strict training. You're not just going to run around and do stuff. This takes us back to where we were before. Okay, you have a responsibility so you're not just running the race, you're doing this training for it. Um, they do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight, fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow to my body and make it my slave. Okay. So that after I preach to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. So he's explaining to the Corinthians... Okay, you have to train. It's not that you have a set amount every day or what you started with, it's a muscle, you train it. You renew your mind to, and you train yourself to concentrate on the things that are above and not and below and you, you work at this. It's not something that you can just hope happens to you. It, it requires work. So the next passage here, this is the start of chapter 10 and he's explaining what happened to people that thought they were in a good spot, but they didn't have the self-control that they needed, and bad things happened. So he's talking about the people in Israel, and they were following after God. They were God's chosen people. You know, they were taken out of Egypt, and, you know, God was watching over them. They were in the desert, but, you know, they had the same spiritual food. Moses is leading them, right? I mean, that's cool. At the end, nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. So, if you go to the next passage here, here's, he lists some specific examples of things that happened. So, uh, he said, you know, in the Old Testament, so here's the people of Israel going through, um, after the Red Sea, they're going through the desert, and you know, some of them were idolaters and, and they died, you know, with the golden calf. Some of them were in sexual malady, and, and they died. Some of them decided to test the Lord, and, and they died. Some of them grumbled, and they died. <laughs> so, you know, you may be led by Moses, and you think everything's great, but, but you really need this stuff. You really need the self control. These things happen to them as examples, and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. So, if, if you think you are standing firm, <laughs> Be careful that you don't fall. So don't just treat this lightly and say, oh yeah, I got it covered. You know, I I come every week and and I'm good. You know, I don't have to really work at it. But he's telling you, no, you do. Because if you don't, the bad stuff happens. But he gives us a little uh, thing at the end here. So if you go to the next one, this is the very next verse. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. So your temptation is not just for you, right? It it wasn't crafted just, you know, your special snowflake temptation that just targets you, right? (laughs) The the same thing you're feeling other people have felt. It it may feel like it's just for you. Like, I mean, the donuts, or in my case, the Rudy's, right? Um, (laughs) It may feel like it, but it's not. Other people have that same temptation. And God is faithful, he will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. So this this is encouraging to us that, okay, there are the temptations, you do need to work on it, but he's not going to give you more than you can handle. And he concludes this whole section to the Corinthians with the next slide here. I have the right to do anything you say. True. But remember, not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. And so he's telling us, yeah, you can do what you want, but there's going to be consequences. You have the freedom to do it, but you actually have to think about what the consequences are and and make sure that they are leading towards telling people about Jesus. That's what Paul is trying to help people do. So if you go to the next slide. So, uh, you know, in, in, whenever you go to a meeting, like, you hear all the stuff that people talk about, and then finally you have the action items. Okay, so for us today, from this, these are our action items. Okay, so number one, renew our mind. Think on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. We think about God, not the thing that we want. So we think about, okay, I'm renewing my mind. I'm thinking about God so I'm not as concerned about that uh, car that I want or the donuts that I want or the resisting people gossiping in the office Um, because that's ultimately not successful. So the next action item, we pray. You know this from. The Lord's Prayer. So, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, we put God first Then give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And we pray right here. And lead us not into temptation. So, we pray for that self-control. We pray that we won't be led into doing what we shouldn't be doing. We pray that we have help to resist the things, or to do the things we're supposed to do. So we're renewing our mind, we're reading the Bible, we're thinking about the things above, we're meditating on those things instead of the cool thing I could have bought on Prime Day. We're we're thinking about those things, and we're praying for that, and the next slide. Sometimes you'll fail. You know, Paul, this is Paul saying, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out, for I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do. So, you know, he just told the Corinthians how to behave, um, but he says, you know, I I have a problem with that. Um, That's that's, uh, a problem for me as well. You know, I, this is Paul, you know, he wrote all, you know, so much of the New Testament. He's telling us that it's hard that, you know, yeah, even, even though we know that, you know, trying to do it yourself is hard, even though God is helping you, it's, it's hard. It takes discipline. It takes those strong actions, crucifying the flesh, renewing the mind to actually get those things to work in your life. It's not an easy task. But the benefits are that you're able to be a light for people the ultimate goal, to have more people understand what it is to know Jesus, to have more people follow after Jesus because they see what you have. You are the light to them because you have that self-control. All right, those are your action items, and that's what we have for today. Thanks.